Welcome to the Technory Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. We're, uh, we're here from WGN Radio, per the usual. There's been a lot of things going on in the city. Uh, we've talked about Amazon HQ2 several times. We've talked about Fulton Market. We've talked about McDonald's and Kraft and Dyson, and Google and Facebook and all, all the companies in between and where they're going. Um, and ultimately, I always hang my hat on wanting to be in Chicago and, and wanting to draw attention to Chicago selfishly. Uh, but at the same time, I also think it's just a really unique situation to have a city that has the infrastructure that we have educationally, uh, financially, uh, Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000 businesses in, in our radius, uh, but also have availability of space and real estate right downtown that's not only useful, but it's attractive. I mean, you talk about Walgreens moving downtown how many spaces are available in other cities like Chicago that would be able to even accommodate something like that. And then there's the ripple effect of what does that mean for all of the, the properties around it and, and for the companies and the money that flogs in and, and the impact on real estate from a, from a residential standpoint. There's just so many questions that, that I don't have the answer to that I want to. And so we brought our friends in from MB Real Estate, Andy Davidson, to join me here and have a conversation about what the impact of it is. And, and if you didn't catch the Cranes article, there was one recently published featuring uh, MB Real Estate all over the place about LaSalle Street. And that's a whole other thing. You've got uh, Bank of America who's now looking at different spaces and a million other banks that have forever been there and they're not now. And who's going to fill that and what does it mean? So uh, Andy Davidson is here with me live to talk about this. And Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. Glad to be here. Of course, I bet. Um, so why don't we start off with just the, the LaSalle Street piece? Because that's one that you guys obviously you know contributed to, but also know a lot about and, and sort of an insider perspective. So talk a little bit about the article from LaSalle Street and sort of what is going on in, or what is not going on. What is going on in LaSalle Street? Yeah, yeah. So uh, LaSalle Street's, you know, kind of um, uh, kind of interesting because it's always been associated with uh, law and uh, and financial, um, and that's what the, was always predicated on, anchored by you know the CBOT on uh, on one side, and you know basically the banks on the uh, the center. Um, but recently, what's you know been uh, happening is that many of those law firms and the banks have been pushing to, to the uh, outside perimeter uh, and moving away from uh, LaSalle Street as they've been consolidating operations. And, um, you know, one of the reasons is because their current buildings couldn't uh, accommodate them or they were, you know, older, which is some of the, you know, uh, characteristics of the traditional LaSalle Street, you know, buildings. So you got B of A who's going to be taking 600,000 square feet over at, you know, 110 South Wacker, former Morton Thaikal yep. site. You got Harris, which is in the market, rumored, but pretty much, you know, uh, accepted in the marketplace that they're going to be going to Union Tower for another half a million square feet. So all of a sudden you got these big, you know, vacancies that were traditionally occupied by, you know, the banks. And LaSalle has kind of been going under this big, you know, transition. You got uh, a number of hotels that have come into the uh, area. Our company itself recently renovated the Hyatt-centric um, over at 100 West Monroe. You got the Marriott over at 208 South LaSalle. Um, you got a number of other hotels, the Kimpton on LaSalle. So you see this kind of changing, more full, full-time uh, marketplace, not something that just shuts down at, you know, 530. Yep. Um, and you have a more, you know, dynamic 
uh, I would say, a more dynamic, um, you know, corridor than it's been in the past. It's a little bit more lively. I think um, you've got a lot of tech firms that have started to come into that, that are backfilling some of the spaces vacated by the more traditional firms. If you look at what's kind of gone on with the tech firms over the last three years, uh, we tracked about 1.7 million square feet of deals of tech firms. Uh, that's what's been done over the last, you know, three years. Believe it or not, you know, about a quarter of them came down to the central loop, which yeah. is way different before. Everyone thinks, oh, River North, Fulton Market. Yep. Uh, but that's not necessarily, you know, the uh, the case. What they really, what the what the tech firms want, is in general, they want uh, buildings that have character and big floor plates, and some of those are in the and a Cordoba. I was told Cordoba is another yeah, important you're right, part exactly, of this. Yeah, exactly. A few of that and a good bar somewhere, right? But um, you know, but that but that's characterized by a few buildings in the Central Loop that have done quite well, like One North Dearborn. Uh, which power reviews and active campaign each just took 50,000 feet. Those are 50,000 square foot floor plates. Yep. Kind of an old, you know, uh, historic building that has been renovated. It used to be the former Sears building. Correct. So if that doesn't show you, like, you know, complete, you know, repositioning. See, I, I, I find it surprising. I mean, I don't find it surprising that the research is showing people wanting to move into the center city. Like, it's surprising, I think. I see it. I see how it's surprising to other people. But to me personally, if I was launching and looking for a space, I would want to be right here. I love that. I'm a little disappointed in what the what the Tribune Tower is going to be in some regards. But I would love to be in that or like the Wrigley building other than some of the renovation issues that have come up uh, and the the rats that were in the Tribune Tower that we would visit every once in a while. Uh, In general, I think there's something really cool about taking what was old and what was the origin of this of this city and, and the origin before even them. Right. They, you know, they replaced Sears replaced the origin before them and Tribune Towers built, you know, to be what it became. And now it's, you know, it's like Gotham. Right. So we're building on top of this infrastructure. I think that there's something really cool about tech companies wanting to take space in an old historic building and rebrand. It. And I actually think it's it's an, an attraction uh, to a lot of the, the the founders who you know tend to be a little ego, little egomaniac driven yeah. in the tech space more than even ever other businesses before that, the idea that they could be like, yeah, I'm the resurrection between the Tribune, I think is is a good selling point. Yeah, I I think the main thing what you're you know just alluding to, they just don't want to go in your into your necessarily typical, you know, bland building. They want to Correct. be somehow associated with. You know, the historical nature of the building or, you know, a lot of these older buildings have high ceilings or they got some unique aspects to them that they can play off on. All the new buildings look like they're in they're they're institutional is the wrong word, but it's like medical feeling. There's like a feeling of the sanitary, which is good. It's good. It was good for me to go into some of the newer buildings. It's like really cool, obviously, especially if you were at the Tribune for a long time and it was getting a little dingy. It's cool, but it's it's like. Like this space here, the new space here is amazing, but it's it also still has some character that was it's unique to the building. I think that's compelling to me. But ultimately, like as we talk about the the more important part, the financial part of what you brought up in this is the fact that the city in this area now and, and definitely into the future is not what it used to be. Where five thirty it shuts down. Now it's a re- like there's stuff going on in this downtown loop area, right? All night long, the restaurants and the bars and things 
are here and they're hopping. The theater district, you know. How does that impact the city? How does that, I mean, I look at that as driving up the prices in a good way, uh, the value of homes and people who live here. I think that it, it is an attraction to bring younger people to live in here and not just River North and outside. Like, I think there's a lot of cool changes. What do you see from a, from a, a value proposition in, in to the city of Chicago? Where do you, how do you see this mapping? Yeah, I um, look. Our city, uh, you know, at the, probably at the expense of the suburbs, is yep. doing you know extremely well. People are uh, in general staying I'm fine downtown, with that. right? You've heard it. We've got this huge, you know, baby boom generation that uh, is retiring. That's being backfilled by uh, a younger generation, and they aren't moving out to uh, out to the burbs. Or if they are moving out to the burbs, they're moving out there when they're forty year old, yep. you know, and having their first uh, you know first child. So people are you know. Dane uh, uh, downtown Chicago um, if you look at all the statistics despite the fact that you hear some bad things about Illinois and crime rate or whatever yep. that's rather you know isolated and actually you know our inbound uh, in terms of companies relocating here and people moving from the suburbs or moving from tertiary cities uh, we are quite healthy yeah. Um, I happened to be at a ribbon cutting ceremony the other day with the mayor where he was welcoming, welcoming a, a, a bank that we did some Did uh, you ask him with. if he could just stay a little longer? Yeah. He's very, he's <laughs> yeah. very good for business in my end. I know there's people who I are detractors, know but why boy. why he wasn't running again. But, I think uh, you're going to find out in about four years. <laughs> yeah. just, just my guess. Yeah. But, you know, the one thing he emphasized in his speech was that um, Chicago's the number one city in terms of inbound uh, uh, corporations. Oh, 100%. You yeah. know, and we are still, what people don't understand is how affordable Chicago is compared to other, what you would call, you know, tech hubs like yeah. San Francisco or Boston. Um, and it's not just, it's not so DC. much. DC. Philadelphia DC. even starting to see the, the numbers just, go you know, up. It's not just apartments or, or New York or whatever. The labor costs yeah. are much less expensive. Here. No, I, I totally you know, agree. You know, you you know that better. You know better than better than me. So you start seeing, you know, some huge companies like Salesforce. Salesforce is out there for five, six hundred thousand feet. Yep. Establishing a second, you know, beachhead. Uh, you know, and if, you know, ten years ago they moved in here with you know seventy-five, a hundred thousand feet. Yep. You know, so that kind of gives you an idea of you know some of the things that are uh, are starting to happen here because they just can't get the labor. Well, on and the that's coast a, that's a good point you make there because the whole thing is really like the an ecosystem of proper one is kind of cyclical in nature. Like the idea that the real estate is what it is, which is why I like working with you guys because the idea that it's a huge indicator. Real estate, how it moves and how much moves and when and why is a huge indicator as to like the health. Of, of any business ecosystem. And I look at the ability for, if you want to hire great talent, so let's look at like tech companies. We'll use an example. You said uh, stick on the sale and legal. Relativity, formerly K-Cura. They're hiring hundreds of people. They've hired, I don't know, 400 people since since Dory was last on the show. Right. And former bank space. And former ba- One, former bank space. And two, if you want to hire the kind of talent you're talking about and retain them, they need to be able to live within the city confined that they're going to work in. They can't be driving four hours and trains for two hours to get somewhere. They've got to be able to live within a reasonable place and get home to their family. They need to be able to afford to eat. They need to be able to spend money on rent, you know, other things. Uh, there needs to be an educational component for that they have kids or whatever the case. All these things are made possible in a city 
and you can determine if it's possible or how well it's going based on the real estate, I think. Yeah. And so, so like that to me is like the perfect example of like healthy real estate movement and availability, which some people maybe go like, oh, there's all this real estate open. It's a problem. It's a huge opportunity from my standpoint. Yeah, and the other the other thing that you got to also remember is we're we're um, we have a huge educational base in terms of our you know colleges. Uh, I mean, Northwestern, other than Boston, UFC, we are yeah. we are we are number two in the U.S. as far as you know overall student body. So I don't know if Amazon's coming here. It would be great, but you can bet that is one key indicator that they're you know looking at is you know can that eco environment of the city you know have enough labor that if we're coming in and force, can we... You know, I, I think be, there's only a few places yeah, that could be There's only a, a few places. That's, what, is that's, your, what are your thoughts on, the, on Amazon? I don't, you don't need to be a predictor, although if you want to, I'm welcome to let you. Uh, but what, what are your thoughts on the impact on the city? It doesn't have to necessarily... Like, forget about how much money we're going to give them away and the politics and the tax stuff. What do you see as a potential impact of, of whether it's Amazon or somebody else? Somebody taking that kind of role in, 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 you know, HQ2 here in Chicago? What do you see that is a good, bad, or otherwise? Um, you know, for the most part, I view it as uh, as good. I think it will be interesting if they choose, a, if, if they did come here, if they would choose a downtown location or would they go out to Lincoln uh, Lincoln Yards? Yeah. They went out to Lincoln Yards, which is, you know, more in the Lincoln Park, uh, Clybourne, you know, corridor. Like, that's the type of tipping point that would all of a sudden just be a major, major, you know, uh, uh, differentiator, um, which I think is going to be successful no matter what. I think what. it doubles the size of Chicago, in, in like in a weird way yeah, if that happens. But imagine like, what right. the, you know, all of a sudden you have very high paying jobs coming into, you know, the Lincoln Park, you know, market. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, residential and the retail benefits of all. Uh, that would be, you know, just greatly uh, accelerate. So, you know, I'm, I guess the only downside if you're a tech firm is that all of a sudden, you know, maybe you're fight for talent. You fight for talent, labor cost. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think, but you'd also like this is an, an interesting part about that. It's like one, 100% agree. I, I think, like, I never actually really thought about that, but if they went to the Lincoln Park, right, and like talk about a balance act, like it makes the city just bigger but the other part is i would definitely do a crowdfunding campaigns so i could buy a bunch of real estate up so that we can we can invest if we can maybe we can co-invest in this uh, i i, I live i live near there I, the only thing i got to worry about is you know potential traffic i'm gonna buy but, up but all overall, the spaces I'm around for, you i'm, I'm for it <laughs> trying to buy I'm up all the space there. around you and see if we can't get out uh but the the tech side of this though it's interesting play because the companies like if you look in silicon valley and you look in, in new york also um the number of people who come from the Googles of the world who now found companies is a, it's a lot. It's a lot of most entrepreneurial people, whether they were an AccuHire or they were first early employee of Spotify or wherever, usually uh, they only have like a three year window where they're willing to like stay focused on one thing. And then they jump ship and they go do their own thing. We had we've had multiple guests on here that were at Groupon and then they were at Upwork and then they were at Tempest and now they're on their own. I think the cool part of a, of a big company, and it doesn't have to be Amazon, any company that can come and take the space that you're talking about, is that there's a very, they will, it's going to be harder to, to get talent, yes, but there are going to be more multi-time founders and more capital poured into the companies because you were the former CTO of Amazon or whatever team. You know, it's like the yeah. PayPal effect. If we could have something like that here, I, I think 
from a, a business economy side, you're talking the, the link the, the Lincoln Park effect is a huge thing. I think from a talent side, the number of companies founded and invested in because of Proofcase goes through the roof. I, yeah. I think we're on the map big time if yeah, we could do I, that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And here's, here's one thing that I never thought I would say, but believe it or not, I actually think the Midwest and our weather is starting to play out to be an asset, meaning that, like, you know, you hear what's going on, you know, on the coastline. Yep. All these terrible storms. Yep. Uh, Fires if constantly. If you are a big technology company looking to make a beachhead, you have to be somewhere where you know you're going to be up no matter, you know, yeah. what. Yeah, I, totally. So, I mean, yeah. You know, whether, even California. Plant your flag in our snowbank. <laughs> <laughs> snow isn't bad. Hurricanes. I will take snow over a hurricane you know, all day. Earthquakes. That's bad. I totally yeah, agree. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to ask you, I ask most people when they come in for one kind of key piece of advice. Uh, what is one thing, whether you're a speculator or whatever your role in real estate, like what is one thing that you'd say people should be paying attention to that maybe is not getting the press that it should? Uh, well, I, I, I'll just play to your you know audience a little. Um, I mean, the one thing that I would tell them, and I and, and I would say this not for the Amazons and really you know the real big groups, but um, look. The market is tight. If you're looking for, you know, uh, uh, space these days and you find good as-is or spec suites that are ready to go, that means, you know, space that's already built out, um, don't dicker, you know, too much. Yeah. Because we're just seeing too much where uh, other people will come in and uh, and grab it. And as, and as Chicago becomes more and more of a, a, a tech hub, you're you're you know going to. Uh, just say it's a good it. sign, right? It's a good sign that, that if you waste too sign. much time, things yeah. are going to disappear. Yeah. Right. I I think we're going to have you back on the show several times and talk a little bit more about that because I Love think to. that that's one area uh, from a founder standpoint that is. I, I just don't think that there's enough education. I think picking spaces is a little teaser for the next show to come with with you or whoever else. Uh, is, is the fact that there's an art form to picking a space. And it being something that you can stay and grow in versus picking one. You hear the stories of these founders all the time. who are like, I was in five different spaces. I've been in this building, in this building. It's like, I don't even want to know how much money has been pissed away just going back and forth. It's a lot of time and effort. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. All right. Where do people go to, to follow up? I know you guys contribute a lot of content on your own, but also contribute a lot of content for things like Crane. So where do people go to keep up with what, uh, what research and, and stuff you yeah, guys are putting out? Best, uh, best place is our website, which is uh, www.mbres.com. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Andy, yeah. thank you so much. Love to, of Love course. to be back. Yep, of course. You can catch this episode more at technory.com. You can download the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Play or anywhere you get your podcasts. And, of course, follow us on social media at Technory or follow me at Katoon. Boom, that's a wrap.